You are listening to What's Wrong With You, a podcast about foibles, idiosyncrasies, and having no chill. So wrong, it's right. I am your host, John McBride of johnmcbride.com. I was very happy to be able to sit down with comedian Shonda O'Neill for this episode. She has a very funny and interesting and entertaining past and life in general, and you're going to hear all about how she pursued stand-up comedy and how she incorporates well, her whole family. It's a big old family affair. And how she gets people and other things to influence her and inspire her in her life. And she turns things like self-doubt into stand-up performances. It's a very inspiring tale of overcoming things in your past that may have been a little bit dark and also serious injury we talk about it all in this podcast i think you're gonna like this one a lot now let's not waste any more time let's find out what's wrong with shonda o'neill all right this is a lot of fun for me i'm sitting here with a a, a talented performer comedian writer comic stand-up Shonda O'Neill, right? All right. (laughs) You are you, right? (laughs) That is me. All right. Last time I looked in the mirror, yes, that was me, unfortunately. (laughs) Oh, man. And so that kind of uh, goes right into the very first question. First of two questions up up at the top. The first one is, well, who do you think you are? Who do I think I am? Ooh, I am a mix between Lucille Ball and Carol Burnett. All right. That's who I'm a mix of. Nice. Nice. And Chewbacca. You know, I've got the big, you know, Texas hair. So uh. You know, living in Texas, especially as of this recording, the the weather we've been having has been kind of weird. It's been, we were going to do some grilling in the backyard yesterday. Uh And then like, oh, a tsunami's happening. Can't do that. They're like, okay. So I don't know if I have any listeners outside of the state of Texas, but... Um, it's hot. It is so hot. Brutal hot. If you hear my air conditioning, well, we're turning it up as high as it can go. It's hot. <laughs> Good grief. But um, With industrial fans, too. Yes, industrial mm-hmm. fans. The whole deal. A lot of this podcast is just going to be talking about how we're dying of the heat <laughs> in the south in the summer. We cannot wait till the three glorious months of maybe winter. Right. <laughs> so, exactly. So... Uh, the other question is, well, very simple. It's the title of this podcast. It's What's Wrong With You? Well, if you ask my kids, everything. <laughs> if you ask my boyfriend, everything. Everything. Uh, if you ask my, ask my ex-husbands, everything. <laughs> so, uh, But if you ask me, I don't think anything. So I'm good with that. Nice. <laughs> you know, I like having different types of guests in here because, like, Sometimes people would be like, they have these prepared answers, they have their prescriptions on them, you know what I mean? <laughs> They're ready to go, you uh-huh, know what I mean? Right. And I have also like it when I have other people in here who are like, no, I'm pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's denial, and that is actually the first step of recovery. Right. Not that I've been there, but yeah. I'm just saying. <laughs> and so I like it. I like to have uh, comedians on here, I like to have lots of different creative artists people on here, but... One of, the, one of my favorite things about talking to other uh, fellow comedians is just there, us, them, we, we're kind of like aware of how insane we are. I think we have a comfort mm-hmm. level of that. You know what I mean? Right. That is true. Like when you, when people, is one of my other favorite things, favorite slash, I, I grew to like it, is when people ask, how do you write your jokes? Where do you get material from? 
Like, what's what's? I'm I'm curious about this uh, really recently. What's your take on what if people ask you that? Do you have a prepared answer, or what do you say? Mine are all life true stories, yeah. and after every show, generally I have everybody coming up to me and asking me, "Okay, that's not true." Oh, yeah, that one's yeah. true. Uh, <laughs> no, that one can't be true. No, that's true too. So yeah. I'm kind of like an anomaly. Yeah, and uh, just have some weird crap you know happened to me in life so mine are all mm. true life stories so a lot of this stuff and i think a lot of comedians are the same way i'm the same way i know mm-hmm. that when i was a bit younger starting out as a stand-up when you're younger nothing's really happened to you yet so <laughs> at least at least you don't know how to turn that into humor uh, that was certainly the case for me but right. um <laughs> Uh, sometimes you, I know I was trying to do more meta stuff, abstract stuff, mm-hmm. and you definitely find out over time that uh, for anybody who's maybe interested in getting into comedy, listening to this, better you're better off sticking to true life. That's you know true, what I mean? right? And so, as a result of this, when you just kind of recognize these crazy, funny things happening in your life, do you find that as like? If I wasn't a comedian, I don't know how I'd be processing some of this stuff. You know what I mean? Yeah, I think I would be in a mental institution now. <laughs> right. You know, right. so I have to laugh about it and uh, go uh, on, go on with life. But I think being older too. Yeah. I mean, I'll be fifty next year, and having life stories and, and true things mm-hmm. happen that goes a long ways versus people in their twenties and thirties who right. haven't had life experiences. So it's interesting to me. It's like I I've been talking about this recently, where it's like. Um, people feeling what they feel right mm-hmm. and we can get as emotional as you want we can go <laughs> the whole spectrum if you want we can do whatever but uh what i'm interested in is when people who have a more positive outlook on life and i'm, I'm getting that from you yes right mm-hmm. now and that's a very good thing very good thing um I, i'm interested in people who have developed this i call it a skill of choosing to be positive choosing your attitude you know what i mean you kind of hear sometimes like i remember in school seeing stuff like that like that's corny it's so true right so so true so do you do you feel it took you a while to develop that or did it kind of come naturally no i think it come naturally i just i i feel like i have been through a lot of um trials and things in my life um with kids and marriages and um jobs and everything and so i think that's um made me who i am and i've always tried to spin it and try to make other people laugh even through my adversities right so awesome uh, so you mentioned getting older. I'm 36. I'm still oh, you're quite such a, a baby. baby. I'm oh still my gosh. quite a baby. I know that. So <laughs> I could be your mother. <laughs> so, so the the, the thing that um, I'm experiencing uh, as I'm getting older, not old. I'm very. I used to have this whole. I mean, I would still use it, but I had this set. Part part of my set was I had these quote-unquote old jokes right uh-huh. that like the joke was like this is stuff that i'm feeling and considering old right you know what i mean but people in the crowd they would be you know older uh-huh. and they would daggers staring into me like dude you don't know what old is yeah, and so like <laughs> i had to go back and adjust that to kind of make it more clear that i'm aware you know what mm-hmm. i mean and so I, but what, what I can tell you, though, as I'm getting older, no longer in the 20s, right? Right. And you're kind of not quite middle-aged yet, but you're sort of like, you're sort of like, 
getting up there for me right now now you can share your own experiences but for me I am looking at what's ahead and loving it. I am loving it. Maybe, I don't know, maybe you can tell me a different story. I don't know. But what my favorite thing is you kind of, you, you, your worrying about being cool has declined so much. Mm-hmm. It is so liberating and free. Even at 36, younger people, younger than, than me even, will be like, he's, he's a non-thing. We don't have to worry about him anymore. <laughs> it's not even an option. And I love it. Uh-huh. I could go out and wear any type of shoes. I could wear an outfit. Right. You don't made care of, what people think. Yeah, I could wear an outfit mm-hmm. made of Crocs if I want to, and it won't matter. You know, even at 36, <laughs> I think that's the cutoff, and that's still very young. So what did, did you have any experiences like that in your own life where you're like, I'm either just choosing not to care or did it kind of come naturally? Or, like, uh, I guess what my question is, um, do you – how much do you worry about what people think? Because there's a balance there. Um, I would say that, you know, I started having kids in my 20s. Mm-hmm. I have three kids. And so I had two in my 20s and one when I was 30. And right. so those years were running kids around to yeah. practices and schools and everything. So when I was in my 40s, that was probably the worst years, but the best years. Right. I think I come to my own, like, mm-hmm. you know, who I am, you know, what, what, what do what is my purpose in life yeah type thing and so i i just i think having those experiences just made me who i am right and you know it's interesting that's a that's a concept that i i'm very uh hip to right i I love the concept of uh your life begins at any age you want it to be right like I kind of, I, I I kind of say I wasted my twenties, but I, in a way, a lot of people waste their twenties. You know what I mean? Because you're not even sure what who you even are yet exactly. until thirty. Mm-hmm. So for me, life began around like thirty three. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. And most people nowadays, they're yeah. kind of doing it backwards. Like they're waiting longer to get married and have kids. Yeah. Whereas, you know, my generation, we did it the other way. We got married young, had kids young, and now we're in our forties. 50s yeah and we're like hey we're free now you know we're still young enough and you know right. able to do things and yeah. go places and everything so i you know age is age is a mindset if you don't feel that why act that yeah seriously like you know and i kind of wish i would have realized this more when i was younger i probably probably would have enjoyed life a little bit more mm-hmm. like as as sad or depressed as i might have felt at some some time I really wish I just would have like just told my you know you remember those commercials that used to say it gets better. I wish there would have been <laughs> something like that. It's like it gets better. You get older and people stop caring about you. So you can just go about your life and doing whatever you want. You wouldn't have believed it. I would not no, have. You wouldn't I, have. It wouldn't have went no, in one ear and out the other. Yeah, see when you're like that and that happens to me still sometimes today. I still haven't completely outgrown that, but especially when you're younger, in your twenties, let's say. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm talking like I'm so far removed. I'm not. Oh. I'm not. <laughs> I'm, I'm talking about that was so long ago. No, it wasn't. It really wasn't. But I can tell you, though, when you're in like, the teenage years, in, the tw- in your, your 20s, 
you're very stupid. And that is true. Yeah, <laughs> you're very dumb. You're, yeah, <laughs> and like to... <laughs> you probably have no money, and you have no idea what to what to do with your life. You know, so that's that would be my advice to tell young youngins, uh, youngins. <laughs> fellow youngins, chitlins. <laughs> yeah, like it gets better. What what kind of advice would you tell? Would you tell younger people? Maybe even younger comics. What like what kind of general life advice would you give them? Just be real. Be yourself. I mean, yeah. you don't don't get on stage and um, try to be or, or say things that you wouldn't normally say. Just yeah. because the audience wants to believe you, and they you need to have stories that are relatable to yeah. people. And so people can get up there, and uh, the audience can see through somebody that's not genuine. Yeah. So I think um, you know my advice would just. The way you act around people, you know, just be yourself. Don't put on a show. Just be authentic and real, right? right? And it's something that I've been thinking about recently is how um, it's kind of a it's, – it's like being able to, let's say, bomb or not even bomb, but just not kill, right? When you're right. on stage, real – quote unquote real show open mic whatever you're wherever you're performing right mm -hmm. if you if something doesn't go well i really wish i could have when i was more active than i am now uh <laughs> <laughs> more active meaning something as opposed to nothing uh I, I wish i could tell myself like if you if you if a joke doesn't land and it bombs don't get so wrapped up in that right don't get in your head and yeah. and just get to so discouraged that you're just devastated like, but it is good for you to yeah. to have that happen um some shows some jokes of mine hit i could do it the same one at another show and it doesn't hit and you're like what's wrong with you people yeah uh what okay that i was waiting for that laugh and i didn't get it so it kind of does throw you a little bit yeah. like wait a minute and then you have that split second of, no, i got to continue on. Pull yeah. up my big girl panties and <laughs> let's go. Uh, we got to get through this here. There was always, I used to have, uh, I mean, sometimes when a joke doesn't land, I found like the best thing to do is just take a moment to address the fact that this joke stunk. And the crowd will typically love <laughs> joining true, yeah. in on trashing this um, garbage yeah. joke. Um, I, kind of, I don't know. What kind of system, do you have a system when it comes to like, um, letting a joke go right because i used to have sort of i didn't use it all the time but i would have basically a three strikes and you're out type of joke if it was like a three uh -huh. open mics and this joke is doing nothing i sometimes i would say i gotta i gotta let you go man you're you're doing no good yeah <laughs> do you have a process and it's like are you able just to ax a joke or you're like oh this is my baby nobody likes yes it. that's that's I think I'm more that way. Yeah. I'm like, let me see how I can fix it, tweak it, button mm. it up, or you know, because I know it's 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 good. It's a gold little nugget yeah. sitting there, you know, waiting to be mined. But <laughs> um, you know, I just gotta you know chisel away at yeah. it to get to that little gold nugget that's gonna be you know find the funny fast. Yeah, and one, another thing that this is all of, this is turning into just advice to young comics. Yeah. <laughs> Why not, right? Why not? Let's hope they listen. Listen to, this. to your elder Shonda <laughs> O'Neill and listen to your a little bit older than you, John McBride. He's not that old, much older, but whatever. I told uh, you you could be my son. <laughs> so, like, one of the things that um, I would say to me now is just be confident on stage, right? So, That's like, true. even if a joke bombs, 
you can have fun with that and turn that into a, like a whole other, I don't know, however long you, you can stretch that out if you want mm-hmm. to. Because like the second a joke doesn't work and it visibly rattles you. I don't know how you're coming back from that. You know what I mean? Right. It's, it's possible. Yeah, it's like but... Lazarus waking up from the dead. <laughs> you're just like, wait a minute. <laughs> like, it's it's possible. It's been done, but good grief, you know. And another thing that I kind of wish I could have told myself when I was a little bit younger is um, <laughs> sometimes that's just not your crowd. You know what I mean? That's true. It's, it's not relating to your audience like i would feel uncomfortable like even if it was like a college crowd people younger than me and of course this is all fretting over nothing i can realize Uh this now but uh (laughs) there are times like when there was like uh an open mic or something that's kind of more of like a younger college kid quote-unquote college kid crowd i would think oh man i don't know if they're gonna get any of my stuff because suburban white male in his mid-30s stuff. I don't know if it's going to, you know, land on these people. But then, like, you see, like, comics older than me going out there there. and killing. So Uh I'm like, but, you know, there are, so I think there's two lessons here. One, it doesn't matter. Do what you want to do. Mm -hmm. And two, sometimes that just isn't your crowd. So we, so are you able to walk away? Let's say you have a set. It didn't go the way you planned. Whatever. And this is not to make you sound like you don't have sets that go well. You have sets that go great. You know what I mean? <laughs> so we talk about the wrong stuff first. Now we talk about the right stuff. So so what do you do? You, did it like take you a while to sort of just say, that just wasn't my crowd. I'm going to move on to the next thing. Like, right. Is that like a skill that had to be nurtured over time? So I think it is. I think, but, yeah. Yeah, I think you're right. It just, yeah. I mean, it, it does rattle you. You go back home and then you lay in bed and you replay <laughs> it over and over in your head. And you're just thinking, okay, you know, what did I do wrong? Right. What did, you know? So for me, because, um, I mean, I do feel insecure about mm-hmm. that. And so it's like, what did I do wrong? Yeah. And uh, and sometimes it's not something I did wrong. It's just, like you said, that crowd, I wasn't relating to that age group or a certain yeah. joke that I did. And so, and then I'll ask my closest friends and, you know, my kids, I'm like, well, what did you think? And yeah. so, you know, they give me the best advice or, you know, like, mom, you didn't deliver it like you did before <laughs> or your facial expression or some little things. And sometimes it's just, mom, you did great. You didn't, yeah. you know, there's nothing you could have done any different it's just people, you know, sometimes they come in, they're tired, yeah. watching, you know, you don't know what's going on in the audience's life at yeah, that time. And exactly. so you can't judge the audience. Um, like it could be like a, it's like maybe let's say it's like a Tuesday night. They've worked all day. They got work exactly. in the morning. And you're just like, by some miracle, they decided to stop into this bar oh, and listen man. to me. <laughs> and they're going to laugh hysterically. Yeah, yeah right. No. <laughs> Even if it's like this. <laughs> They're going to go into this well-lit, loud bar <laughs> when they don't know a comedy show is happening. All right. Oh, They're so going to come times. to watch the Dallas Cowboys play and didn't know, oh, yeah, the, um, the football season comics the... were going to go, go up on stage. Oh, Monday Night Football, the bane mm. of the existence of many open micers. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I like to think you asked, like, your, uh, you go to one of your kids, right, and they said, like, what do you think about this joke? Like, this joke is about me. What are you talking about? Uh-huh. <laughs> like, do they ever, like, do, do you ever have to, like, 
screen a joke sometimes like ooh, this one might be cutting a little too deep like if it's a little too personal do you have to run it by my uh, kids yeah or a family member a close friend like because you like i this joke is too funny i have to use it i just kind of hope they never see it exactly yes <laughs> i do have a couple of those but uh <laughs> ex-husband but uh yeah. no i do have one about my son he has seizures yeah and uh so i wrote a bit about the seizures and i ran it by him first yeah. and i was like you know look i think it's funny and he did laugh and yeah. i said but i won't use it you know without your permission right and so he was like, no, mom, it's funny, you know. And yeah. so I did actually use it for the first time uh, in a show yeah. back in July. Oh, okay. And um, so my son was there and um, it was at the mall. It was a mall show. And I remember there was this lady sitting down in the front row. And when I taught, when I said it's about seizures and she just looked at me like horrified, like, how dare you talk about your child like that? And I literally, it threw me and I had to stop and I went, it's okay. My son said it was okay. He's (laughs) back there. He's vertical. He's not horizontal having a seizure right now, but it's okay. And so my son laughed about it and uh, he was like, mom, it was funny. They did laugh and everything. So I do, I do vet out. Um, things, but I mean, most of the time it's about my own personal life. Right. It's funny that people would just come to the defense, these noble people, and they mean well. They really right. do. But at the same time, though, it's like, it's so interesting to me the types of different crowds that will come in. And sometimes you'll get people, and it's like, I'm not sure if they've ever heard of comedy, comedy before. Right. <laughs> or like if you're in a well lit um, yeah. area, it's like, they don't want to laugh because they don't want other people to see that they're laughing at an awkward joke or something. It's like, Ooh, I better not laugh about that. Even though I think it's funny and I'm laughing inside, I'm not going to show how much fun I think it is. I don't think the average person realizes how much of an amateur psychologist comedians become over time. (laughs) They just study human behavior. scan the audience and we can pick out the ones that are like, Oh, seriously, you could like, okay, that guy's where, like that guy's my mark right there. He's going to laugh at me. That person's uptight. I'm not going to focus on them. Like, and sometimes you get you do like a show. I remember I did this long time ago. I did this a long time ago. I don't know if I. Whenever I say it was a long time ago, <laughs> that no was yesterday. Gonna, yeah, no one's going to believe me. But to me, it was a long time ago, and it was at this show. It was at a restaurant. Nobody knew it was a comedy show, <laughs> and it was loud. The TV is going on. It was just pretty much uh, the perfect storm of uh like a hell show you know what i mean right and i just focused on the people i don't know if you do this do you i don't know if you went over the entire crowd i was like these people are laughing i see them this show uh-huh. is for them now yes do you do you focus on the people who are actually giving you something or do you kind of move on do you challenge yourself i i'm an, i'm not a typical stand there in one place and just look forward i'm more i work the stage i you know engage in the audience both sides middle and everything but i do have uh, i talk about being tall so i scope out the short people before i go up there i'm in the back of the room going okay who are my short people there in the front so i know when i go up to peg on them and pick on them yeah and um, so that part, and you know, and just trying to watch the facial expressions of people up there while other comics are up there, so I know, okay, what you know, what kind of audience do we got going on? Right. I think um, one of the things that I really love is 
is the is the person in the crowd who's not laughing at anything. You oh, know what I mean? They got their arm crossed like yeah. go ahead, make my day. It's like I dare boy. you to make me laugh. Go ahead. It's like, man, what happened to you? <laughs> I should be asking what's wrong with you <laughs> of all these people. So yeah. What traumatic thing has happened in your life? Would you like to come up and talk about it? It's therapy. Seriously, like, honestly, like, why do you think I have this podcast talking about people's, like, emotions and things? Like, I I feel like I have my amateur PhD now just exactly. by doing this. I'm a therapist now. Yeah, there you go. If you have any mental problems, come to us. We'll, we'll sort you <laughs> right. out. We'll send you on your way and just be done with it. Mm-hmm. So, so about uh, one of the things I want to talk about is... Like, um, typically I don't go into, like, a biography or anything like that. But um, for people who I haven't had, had a chance to really sit down and talk to, mm-hmm. I'm kind of curious what kind of started you in doing stand-up. Is it just, like, my life is crazy, i got to talk about it? <laughs> um, actually, um, about three years ago, I um, asked my boyfriend, like, what would you – I was trying to think of a good Christmas present. Yeah. And I said, what would you – like to do in life if you had to start over again what yeah. would be something you want to do and he said well i kind of would like to write comedy you know like saturday night live yeah yeah and uh so then i started googling comedy classes and then i um found dallas comedy house okay yeah and yeah. so i signed us up for uh, improv classes because you had to take improv classes before you could do sketch classes and so christmas time came around i'm like hey uh, guess what we're taking improv classes and he's uh, like shy and he's yeah. like uh and i'm like you know and after seven weeks we get to get up on stage and do a show <laughs> and he's like uh no that's not for me and i'm like oh come on so I intentionally, he did classes on Wednesday and I did classes on Thursday because okay. I didn't want us to be in the same class. Yeah. You know, I wanted us to have, you know, two separate experiences. And and uh, so we went through all five levels at DCH wow, and okay. graduated through all of our improv classes. Nice. And so that took a year, and then he was able to start sketch. So the next Christmas I gave him sketch classes, oh, okay. and then... I wanted to go stand-up route. Yeah. So that's when I went into stand-up was in December of 2016. So it'll be almost two years. Okay. Very nice. So, very nice. Yeah. Now he's taking stand-up now. I gave it to him for his birthday this year. Yeah. So I was like, hey, you've done improv and sketch. Might as well do stand-up. So what I want to know is, like, is he going to come up with a bunch of jokes? He's going to have to screen by you. And it's like, okay, these are about you. I just want to let you know. <laughs> Yeah, actually, in his set, in his uh, five-minute set, he does talk about me. And uh, <laughs> but he he is just as funny and everything. And just like yeah. recently, I had my back surgery, and yeah, um, which was you know crazy. And Ooh, yeah. uh, so I'm just now getting up, moving around from that from a ruptured disc. And so I had to walk with a walker. And so he had a um, Texas Ranger baseball shirt. Yeah. And so he laid it across, and he was like, "Hey, baby, look, it's Walker Texas Ranger." <laughs> And uh, so, anyways, yeah, I mean, he had a lot of jokes for me, even though I was, you know, incapacitated and in an invalid for an invalid. like three weeks. Yeah. Well, let's... <laughs> the old people were lapping me at the mall with my walker. That's how bad I was. <laughs> so that kind of brings me to the next uh, thing I, I talk about a lot on this on this uh, podcast is the passion and drive to still like, OK, so after you have this 
back surgery and any if you just have a minor backache you're out at least i'm out this is back surgery we're talking about next level stuff (laughs) right exactly like if anybody's had like any type of like we were talking a little bit before we started recording that i had like a very microscopic version of that only because i had like some curvature in my spine lower I'm fine, everyone. Calm down. But uh, I like to think people are listening. Like, is John okay? No, I'm fine. They, 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 they don't care. But, uh, but I was laying. I was in bed, and like, I there was like something I needed to get on like on like the dresser or something next to me, uh-huh. whatever. And you're just lying, you're just in bed lying there, and like, how yeah, badly do I need that? Exactly thing? right. You've got to have everything around you in a basket, like in bed with you, like right. all the controllers, your phone, your everything. Because <laughs> yes. if it's even not even a full foot away from you, you're like, geez. If it involves rolling over, <laughs> it's that's too hard. It's no. like mm, I'm good. I'll just be here for the rest <laughs> of my life and be okay. But mm. so for me, not even having that extreme like uh, recovery period or even that much pain. I, being the pansy that I am, <laughs> I was, I was, I'm like, I'm not doing anything. And at least at the time when I was actually feeling that, and uh, I think however you recover, movement helps out a lot. But mm-hmm. when you're in that state, you don't want to move, right? No. But so talk about your passion to still not only just want to perform comedy, but actually performing <laughs> comedy. This is where the insanity comes in, right? Ex- right. I mean, I, I'm creating in my head my new set of, of just everything I've been through in the past five weeks from having my surgery yeah. and everything. Um, when I was in the hospital, the physical therapist, I mean, they don't waste time. They, yeah. they call it PT, physical therapy. But it's physical torture. <laughs> yes. I'm, I, I'm here yeah. to tell you, don't listen to them. They're lying. Yeah. And uh, so he's like, come on, you know, we got to get up out of bed. And let's get you on this walker and... And uh, so I said something funny, and he was like, oh, that's pretty funny. And I was like, well, I kind of, you know, I do comedy on the side. And he was like, well, do you have a stage name? And I'm like, I said I was a comedian, not a stripper. I'm not Shasta or Cinnamon, and I'm hooked up to a pole, but it's an ivy pole, not another pole. Um, So... That's so funny. He was like, no one's ever asked me, do you have a stage name? Right. Why, why would they ask a guy that? No, I'm laying in bed, incapacitated, yeah. no makeup on. I'm looking horrid. <laughs> and he's like, so do you have a stage name? A stage name. <laughs> I mean, for me, they would be like, so before you were in the witness relocation program, what was your name used to be? That's the equivalent. That's the only thing I might get. But... So, like, for you, I guess that that speaks a lot to your drive and your passion for stand up to actually just yeah. perform the need to do it, you know, because you're like you're you're uh, in a bad way. You're just out. Right. And I had to cancel two shows. I was scheduled for two shows in July yeah. and it was like emergency surgery. And um, I tried to wait it out as long as I could. But my foot went numb oh, wow. and they called it drop foot and it was nerve damage oh wow and so he was like no we need surgery in the morning and i was like but my daughter's graduating college in two <laughs> weeks and and uh he was like no you, you can't wait and i knew like when i couldn't walk from a parking lot into dillard's at the mall <laughs> yeah. i you know that's when i went to the doctor and said look something's wrong like i can't get into a department store this yeah. is bad Exactly. I I was like, whatever demon seed is back there, get it out. (laughs) Let's do it. Get out of here. Yeah. So, so, but it's so if anybody 
ever questions your commitment to comedy, just they can listen to this podcast and know <laughs> that you were fighting uh, like a ruptured disc. Yes. Yeah. And actually, yeah, four days before surgery, I had a show at Vista Ridge Mall. Yeah. And I literally was in excruciating pain. The, the people that were at the show know. And um, my son was with me, seizure boy, and uh, had to literally help me up. And, and the bad thing is, is I live on the third floor in my apartment. Oh, no. And it's 43 steps one way. Not that I've counted, but it's yeah. 86 round trip. Yeah. So my son had to help me up and, like, undo my shoes. And I was in that much oh, wow. excruciating pain. And four days later, I'm in surgery and spent two and a half days in the hospital. Wow. On step number four, I'd be like, this is where I live now. <laughs> well, the day I come home from the hospital is when it was 113 degrees uh. outside. And so my daughter was in front of me. My boyfriend was in back. And it literally took us 30 minutes to get up those steps. And it was like one step at a time. And then the Igor leg had to be dragged up yeah. to the next step. And oh, no. we were just drenched with sweat by the time we got oh. up there. But um, And then they were like, well, we're just going to get a scaffolding you know, thing, window scaffold thing on the side of your apartment. Just scaffold you down the next <laughs> like, time. I, so, like, if you have the means to do that. <laughs> please do. Get I, after it. <laughs> yeah, you know, going up that many steps was brutal. So. I mean, you know, under normal circumstances, I guess that's good exercise, I suppose. <laughs> it's hard for me in, before the ruptured <laughs> disc. I mean, I'd get up to the second floor and take a rest on the platform. But when you've done been chopped up and Ooh. scoped out, it's really hard. Oh, man. Well, you, you, you seem to be doing fine now. You seem to be yeah. okay now. I can't now. wear heels. That's, that's a big, you know, because I love my heels. And everybody yeah. that knows me knows I love my heels. And uh, so I'm still wearing flats for another yeah. four weeks. But um, I told my physical torture doctor <laughs> last week, I was like, okay, dude, like, I'm going to be in a show in two weeks. And I need to wear heels for at least five minutes on stage. So you've got to get me some, some you know, exercises where I can wear heels for five minutes. Like, give me so. a brace. Give <laughs> me, like, an Iron Man suit. Whatever you got, you know, whatever. you. Like, I'd be like, hold me up on strings like a marionette. <laughs> dance do me have me do a little dance you know right so that that'll be fun times right so <laughs> that is amazing an amazing story of recovery right here you know what i mean yeah. and this so and I, I don't know like what causes that or anything like that i think it's just are you gonna <laughs> say old age huh i don't know because like my my <laughs> oh. stuff started just and it's like you can't you can't say old age. So I'm like I don't know what causes this mm. stuff. The back just decides it's done after a while. I don't know. Right. Well, two years ago I went go kart riding with my kids for yeah. Mother's Day weekend, and they were like, "Hey, let's you know ram mom into the wall." Oh, nice. So <laughs> I already had a bulging disc from that two years ago. Yeah. And um, so then when he said, "You know, you've blown out. Um, you've only four percent of people, of course, because yeah. I'm an anomaly." <laughs> Four percent of people blow out your disc outside the back of the spine, so it blew a hole through oh. my spine into the back. Jeez. So it wasn't even a normal ruptured disc where it's inside the spine. So nice. I still have a hole back there, and that's mm-hmm. why I have like restri- restrictions on bending, lifting, and twisting until my body absorbs the hole. So, but in the meantime, though, you have just <laughs> such a get out of free jail. Get, get out of free jail. I know how to speak English sometimes. <laughs> Get out of jail free. free. I don't know the game Monopoly. You're all familiar with it, right? What a, but um, but anytime somebody asks you to do anything, you're like, oh, my back hurts so much. Yeah. It's 
like, all right, I guess I'll do that myself, you know. Right. Like, no, it's pretty humiliating. Like, I yeah. was in the store yesterday, and I dropped my debit card. And I was like, oh, dang. So I had to ask the cashier guy. I was like, look, I just had back surgery. Would you mind coming around and picking this up? And then my friend I, gave me the uh, old lady gripper. Yes. Oh, man, those are amazing. And I, I want to carry I'm going to put a harpoon on it. I mean, just like <laughs> poof, poof, And then right? just reel it in like a fishing wire. Have some fun fishing with pole. It, right? Yeah. And, you know, accidentally like. One of my kids get out of control, and I'm like, poof. Oh, I'm there sorry. I was going for something else, but you were in the way. That would be so much fun. You're like, oh, we got a live one here. Kneeling <laughs> him in. I'm sorry. You're heavier than a milk jug. I can't pull you in. It's and you're my telling old fishing stories. You're like, <laughs> some other guys be like, I caught a fish this big. Like, I caught my son. So <laughs> Right. <laughs> so beat, beat that, all right, old man fisher guy. <laughs> I don't know why my 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 brain doesn't want to form words at this present time. But hey, we're very honest and transparent on this podcast. We're very real, very authentic here. And something I want to do now, I want to transition into a bit on this show. It's not really a bit, and it involves me using a free app on my phone. It's a random topic generator, and I thought a wheel would be fun. I call it the wheel of wrongs. Mm. Get excited, get hyped! All right, yeah, you're in the hot (laughs) seat. Let's bring it back. I, I have. Sometimes I like it's an audio show, but if it was ever do like a live or video, I just want to bring a giant wheel and just <laughs> the unsuspecting you just spin it. <laughs> yeah, like just the look on someone's eyes so they don't know what's happening. Like, what is happening on this show right now? <laughs> so it's gonna land on a random topic and we're gonna talk about it. And okay. you can you can tell any story you want in the uh Is there a pass? Spin again. You know what, maybe. <laughs> we shall see. The only rule here mm. is don't say anything that will hold up in court. So oh. there we go. Mm. <laughs> I, I like to intimidate you before do, we get do, in. Do, it's going to be do, just do, nothing. Do, right? So do, do, oh, this is do, nice. Do. It landed on love. Love. Isn't Aww. that so nice? And that can be that can be any type of love here. And typically it's um, the, the things I like to talk about is, well, um, finding love true love mm-hmm. and uh finding that maybe it if either it's relative to your experience later in life you know what i mean mm-hmm. like for me it was well past my 20s obviously uh, but you know found found love married now mm-hmm. loving it right and so when you, when you said you had like this ex-husband was there like a period of time where you're like how I guess everybody feels where it's like, oh, I'm so unlovable. No one's going to love me. I'm the one, you know what I mean? How do you Uh get out of that funk where you're like, and not just maybe you didn't go through that funk. I don't know. Maybe you could be like, well, he's, he's the one who bungled that. I'm great. You know what I mean? I don't know. I'm so I'm kind of curious other people's experiences Uh and reactions to this. So what kind of what do you do and maybe what advice you may have for people getting out of that funk when you're right out of a relationship mm-hmm. or maybe you haven't found anything forever and a day you know right. what I mean uh-huh. so what were some of your experiences um well I got married we my first husband we were married we were both 19 yeah and um so you know young dumb and in love and, <laughs> yes. you know you, and that was back like in 1988 so yeah. um 
you know, and then we had our first kid, we were 24, second kid come along 27, third yeah. kid come along 30. And you just get, you get wrapped up in, in kids. Yeah. And, and sadly, that is true with a lot of um, couples that yeah. your kids are your life. And um, so you're going and going and going and going. Anyways, fast forward, we were married 21 years. Oh, wow. And um, so I was divorced at age 40. And so, and I grew up in the backwoods of Tennessee. So it was like no drinking, no dancing, no smoking. Yeah. I mean, I was June Cleaver yeah. pretty much. And uh, so I didn't experience the stuff in life that, you know, people nowadays in their 20s and 30s do. Right. So it was a whole new ball game. And then it was, you know, dating online. And, oh, yeah. And I... I my coworker, I didn't know how to dance. And that was the first thing I wanted to learn how yeah. was to dance. And it was humiliating going, you know, dancing and, um, you know, people would be like, Hey, you want to dance? And I'm like, look, I don't know how. And Please. this one guy, he was like, um, come here, baby. I'll show you the buckle polisher. And I was like, I don't want to polish your buckle. Right. I mean, so, and then my coworkers and my friends were like, okay, well, you can't do this and you can't say that. And I was like, this is too many rules for dating. It, is. it really is. What the heck? Yeah. I'm just, I just want to be, you know, loved and <laughs> yeah. everything. And so I was single for another uh, four years and yeah. then met an, another um, gentleman online and uh, we dated for a year and got married and then that kind of only lasted six months. Yeah. So um, after that, it was okay, now what? <laughs> I'm 45. That's now not. what do I do? I mean, so trying to get back out there again, it was yeah. it was really difficult. Like, okay, I felt two strikes against me. And, yeah. you know, uh, and yeah, am I unlovable? And yeah. I think insecurities and, and people that my family and friends know that I do, I feel very insecure about myself for, mm-hmm. the, you know, things that have happened in my life and in my childhood and yeah. stuff like that, that I, I want to be loved and I'm a, I am a people pleaser. Yeah. So. so yeah, it's very, so the online dating to me is very, so I met my wife online. Oh, okay. Which one? Uh, Tender. Oh, That's right. You so swiped in the right I, way, I right? Swipped, swiped, swiped swipper. Swiffered? You swiffered her. I did. <laughs> I mean, that's the story I'm telling. But uh, mm-hmm. so I swiped and did all the things. So uh, so we kind of have this joke with her, amongst ourselves where it's like we kind of feel like we're the most boring people who met on Tinder. But <laughs> like if Tinder ever wants to change their image, because people have like this perception of what Tinder is. Uh-huh. And it's they usually, a lot of people think it's the one night stand place. But it's also like that kind of depends on the region you're in. Because it's so interesting. Because some places it was like that. I guess it was at mm-hmm. one time. I'm I'm out the game. But <laughs> yeah. So, I think I think at some places it was like that, and other places in the country or world, whatever, didn't use it that that way. Because like for me, I was using it as like just regular dating app, right? Uh-huh. And so what's interesting is like for me, I want to know if it, if your experience is like this is what what was similar to this, whereas like. Um, for me, I, at the very beginning, wasn't open to online dating, and it's ridiculous, and I'll tell you why. Mm-hmm. It's because I, me, John McBride, if you have ever <laughs> seen me, you see a picture of me, I'm online everywhere, you can see pictures of me, you would think that guy thought he was above online dating him. <laughs> 
I thought, oh, that's something only losers do. Yeah. And you're like, you should be the poster boy for this, poster right? <laughs> and like, and so it kind of took me a while to get into it. And like, then it was like off to the races. That doesn't mean it was success right away, right? But is, I mean, things start. You know, you get emails or things. And yeah, like, like if oh, in your wait. adult life, you have to work on two things: updating your resume and your dating profile. Right. <laughs> Like the same and the thing. picture you got to get just the yeah. right picture so for women you men want a full length you yeah. don't want just a headshot or anything <laughs> and you want a current picture not one that was glamour shot 20 years ago yes so you know there are the rules of women's profile you yeah know, for us so uh so eventually you start coming around you start getting out there more and I went through a spectrum of, of like, I was so happy anybody said yes to the point where I was actually tired of dating. Like, <laughs> because like, not like these are like leading up, like in the, in the worst of worst times, it was like, all right, here we go. It was like doing another open mic. It's like an open <laughs> mic for love. That's true. It, it really that is. That is a very good analogy. That is right. And Because you're like, I have to say the same stories, anecdotes, mm-hmm. turn on the charm again. Right. <laughs> and like, you want to be real, but you got to sell yourself a little bit. It's just like, you don't want it to be a job interview, but it kind of is. It is, right. And I would always like meet at lunchtime for people um, when I would go out on dates because yeah. I was like, okay, I know I only have one hour and I could pretty much pick up red flags or, yeah. you know, this is not going good or this is this is not a match for me. And I'd always pay my own way. So I would like make my way to the bathroom, grab the waiter and go bring separate checks because yeah. I don't I don't want to owe anything to anybody yeah. and make them feel like she just used me for a free dinner which I do know people who do that yeah so um, but and then that way I can get out of it and go hey I got to get back to work yeah and then you know text later and say you know thank you so much it was right. um, a great time uh, I hope you find what you're looking for so what's, what's interesting there is that you um, at least at that time right whatever you would take the time to be considerate enough to text somebody, right? Right, because I didn't, I mean, I had people that wouldn't text me and ghost me and just like, yeah. poof, I mean, MIA. And I'm like, what the heck? And then I had a friend that um, she worked in security, so I would always get information and feed it to her and say, oh, okay, nice. okay, tell me, is this guy on the up and up? Is he telling me the truth? And one time it wasn't. The guy had told me he was divorced. Uh-oh. And he wasn't. He was still married, two small kids. Uh-oh. And I was like, oh, oh so... No. I kind of had a little bit of help to, you know, weeding out some of the, yeah, the thorns person, in the garden. An inside person working the yeah. job. Yeah. So what's funny about ghosting is, in my experience about ghosting is, I have, in my time, been the ghosty and, and the, the ghoster. ghoster. Oh, right. the true John Bryan yeah, comes we're out. The, the real one. We and are not, are we in confessional? This I mean, is it. I this feel like I'm a priest and you're telling me yeah, all I'm the tr- stories. I'm hoping you absolve me of these sins. <laughs> and so, once you, because when you're ghosted, it's horrible. You it feel is. Like it's it so is. Bad. You're like, what? What did I do? Yeah, what did I, I say? Change. Did I wear something wrong? And yeah. like this person you met like yeah. maybe once on one date, you're like just trying so hard to please this one right. relative stranger. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? And so you're like trying to change your entire life around for this one person, person yeah. who you think you remember their last name. You know what I mean? <laughs> 
And, and so, I, oh, your Mark? No, that was that was Larry last week. Oh, I'm Larry. sorry. I was like, what is your name again? The guy with the thing in his face. I was nice about. It, didn't say anything. What was your name again? The, the, so right. You I was always let my friends know where I was going. I mean, like I would meet them. I mean, but, as a woman, we had like. You know, oh, code see, words and stuff like that. See, women have it figured out. They got the security network working mm. with them. You know what I mean? So, right. like, guys, if you're on a date with a girl, you're not on a date just with no, them. you are not. You have Beware. at least one to three, maybe even five other people. We women <laughs> that know where you're at. So They're tracking your every move. Right. They're making sure they are safe. <laughs> they may be watching you. <laughs> With a security it's camera. A GPS tractor just got, you know, stuck up underneath your car <laughs> and you didn't know it. Like, I'm <laughs> just in I'm case telling... I end up on Snapped or, you know, yeah. uh, evil think... lives here or, or whatever. Something, so. right? I'm thinking, like, these women ought to be working for, like, security agencies. You know, maybe that's right. when your friend started out as. I don't know. Kid, you know, I'll have to find an asker. <laughs> I did have a stalker, though, really? uh, one time and uh, kept breaking into my house. Wow. And didn't take anything and um i kept calling the police out there and they're like you know do you date and i'm like yeah and uh he was like well you know do they come to your house and i'm like no i always go and meet the person and he's like well do you give out your phone number and i was like well yeah yeah hello how am i gonna (laughs) and he was like well they can do a reverse lookup and he said or it could be somebody that followed you home from the grocery store but it was weird because i would come home at night and they had unscrewed the light bulb on my front porch (laughs) so weird the floodlight um they took like a uh I want to say like a jack or something or a flathead screwdriver and jimmied like the sliding glass door. Um, They had, and at at the time my house was for sale. And so he said a lot of times people come in, pose as couples and like, like the man would go, okay, well, I want to go back to the other room. I want to look and see the master bedroom and, and then undo the locks. Well, one of my locks in the, in the house was unlocked. And uh, he said, because they haven't taken anything, you've got a you've got a stalker. Oh no! So that was that was pretty scary. And good um, grief! It's like everybody works for the CIA all of a sudden. <laughs> People know so much. Right. I mean, it was like they knew when I was coming and going, and which was even more, you know, worse. You know, I've I've been um, told I'm creepy and creepy looking, but I'm thinking like, no, I'm not a real creep because that sounds like so much work. Yeah, it's exhausting. That's exhausting. Jimming yeah. people's windows and locks, unscrewing things, waiting till mm. they get home, monitoring their schedule. Mm. I'm like, I could barely manage my own calendar. I'm gonna I'm gonna stalk somebody else. Forget about it. Well, a friend of mine, I knew he had um, a lot of guns, and I was like, yeah. take me to the gun range. Yeah. And uh, so I uh, went to the gun range, and he had this whole arsenal. So he was showing me how to shoot and everything, and then yeah. he had the big, you know, the white thing with the body on yeah, it. Yeah. So I did the shotgun. Oh, wow. And yeah. so I got to take the sheet home. Well, I laid <laughs> nice. it on my kitchen table, <laughs> where, and I had a chain link fence. It wasn't the wooden fence. So yeah. if you know stalker decides to come and peer in the window i had that thing laying on the kitchen table with all the bullet holes like dude don't mess with (laughs) me and then the policeman told me he was like there's an app on your phone it's a shotgun app and you and you um oh it makes the sound it makes the sound so when you slap it or when you uh, go up and down with the phone it goes yeah (laughs) i mean it's it's so realistic he goes they're not going to know on the other side of the door. They're not going to sit there and go, wait. When they hear it cough, yeah, they're yeah. like gone. Yeah. 
so security tips, love to yes. dating tips, you get comedy <laughs> tips, all on this. Trust um, me, I've been through it all. <laughs> all on this podcast. What's wrong with you? I'm liking it. This is why I like running the gamut of all these different things. And so we do talk a lot about um, as we kind of wind down here. As we talk a lot about, you know, well, what's wrong with people, right? But. Uh, I like to have the guests not walk, and I'm not saying they do, but it's a lot for me to like make sure they don't walk out of here feeling like, man, I just talked about what's what ails me. I want to talk about, <laughs> no, I don't want people leaving worse than they felt before when they came in. So we actually do a thing here, and I always get a kick out of this. It's because people tend to do it without realizing it leading up to this. But when it when I put them on the spot, it's such a challenge. Mm-hmm. What I love to do here is have the guests. You uh, <laughs> name five, in no particular order. Oh, okay. Name five positive things about yourself. Throw humbleness out the window. Just, just five things could be anything. And normally, people have they struggle through this, and it kind of makes me laugh because I'm like, <laughs> so like, forget being humble, forget being subtle. This is your chance to let it out. Five okay. positive, great things. Um, I am positive, compassionate, loving, um, vivacious, and tall. That's with big hair. That's. I think. I think we got all of them. <laughs> I think we did it. I think we got all of them. I don't know. So uh, let's do some. Let's do some plugs. Where can people? Get in touch with you if they want to get in contact with you. No stalkers. But no stalkers, please. Yes. Um, let's, where, where can, <laughs> like, like whatever social media, whatever. You can get tired climbing up 43 steps to my third floor That's anyway. That's a great so. anti-stalker device. Exactly. 43 stairs. <laughs> they get a grappling hook. They're, they're committed. They're going to find it. So, yeah, where can they get in touch with you um, as far as Social media, contact info. I am on Facebook, um, Shonda O'Neill Comedy. Yeah. And um, then, yeah, that's pretty much it, just on Facebook. Making it easy on you, all right. So, not going to give out the phone number, but. No, no, (laughs) not going to do that. And I was going to ask you, um, so you say you're a significant other now. Yes, I do have a boyfriend. We've been dating three years. Well, congratulations. Thank you. And he's doing comedy as well. Yes. Stand Uh up. And so, uh, so now are you on a, do you like throw jokes by each other now? So I'm interested in like comedy couples, right? Mm -hmm. Do you ever, it's always just bits, you know what I mean? Like, well, yeah, so we'll say something funny and we'll look at each other and go, Oh, gotta do that one, gotta, oh, that's a good one, that's a nugget, that's a, oh, yeah. And uh, so there's one whole bit I talk about, um, rings and uh, mm-hmm. ex husband and stuff. And so he had told me, he said, That's comedy gold, yeah. And I, uh, I was like, No, I can't. And this was like last October, I said, I can't do that. Uh, you know, I want to be vulnerable, but yeah. sometimes there's things in your life you really don't want to talk about. And and then trying to word it so that you don't hurt people yeah. or offend people. But but I live through it, and there's some funny in it that people are just going to be like, there's no way that that happened, yeah. and it, it did. And so I worked on it for like five months and crafted it and everything. And so now that's like been one of my, my funniest nice. sets. And then um, I'll run something by him, and he's like, no, it needs a little bit more 
And so he'll give me like little plugs or yeah. maybe say it like this or, or do this action or whatever. And, and uh, so we, we do help each other and everything. Yeah. So. so I like to think like sometimes like maybe you or him, whatever, they're trying to be like really serious and you like go in, you kind of like sneak a bit in just to try it out. <laughs> And like, come on, I'm being real here. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. Does that ever happen? To like, I'm sorry, I had to see if it worked. You know, it was right there. Yeah. So I think uh-huh. the the comedy couple, they would probably let each other have a little bit of slack there. If like, okay, I get it. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> all right. It was funny. It, it was worked. funny. That worked. That didn't work. I tried it, and I'm the one who bombed. But, so... you know, way to go. Thanks, baby. <laughs> so, well, was... yeah, there was when I had my back. Yeah, it was like nine days before I could take a, a, a shower. Oh yeah, and it was like you know you're just like I just I want to feel normal. Yeah, yeah. And uh, so he had to put the walker in the tub. This is yes. how pathetic, how pathetic and like invalid I was. And um, I had to have saran wrap wrapped around my yeah. whole stomach and my back That's so that right. the yeah. incision wouldn't get wet. And right. so you know he's helping me into the shower and. And then I have a bit where I do a rap song about my hair. Yeah. And uh, and I end it, and I'm Shonda, and that's a rap. So yeah. he's rapping. He's like, hey, I'm big-haired Shonda, and I, that's a rap. And I'm like, oh, you dog. You know, <laughs> standing there you with the walker in the bathtub. And he's, I've got saran wrap. And, and you can't do anything can't about do anything it. <laughs> and he's just thinking that's just so funny. <laughs> so but that's sort so, of the that's the bonus of being in like a comedy couple. The other person right. they, they they understand the humor in it, and you're exactly. like, you can only get so mad, you know yeah. what I mean? So no, he was wonderful through it all. I mean, he he stayed with me for ten straight days, and, right. and I mean, just you know, held the puke bucket. I mean, just <laughs> everything, and and uh, just amazing. All right. So he's a guy, good guy. All right. Well. Well, I was very happy to have you come in here well, as we you. wrap up. And I got really one last thing to say, and it's, well, I hope you're happy. I am happy. All right. Thank you so much. Thanks once again to Shonda O'Neill for coming in and being my guest for this episode of What's Wrong With You podcast. I enjoyed this episode a lot. I've been enjoying this season a lot. I've been very fortunate and happy to have season two go so well. You're going to want to check out Shonda and all the things that she is up to and other things that I may be up to. Well, if you want to find that out, you can follow this show. It's pretty easy. On Twitter and Instagram, it's at www.ypodcast. Man, that just really, more and more I say it over time, the more natural that sounds. And if you want to visit me and my website, it's johnmcrine.com. Shoot me an email, john at johnmcrine.com. You can look me up on Facebook, just simply look up John McBride. I am everywhere on the internet wanting you to come look at me and see the things that I'm doing in my constant search for approval. I, it's, the more attention I get, the more I want. Oh, feed this hole with my soul. Okay, as, as usual, I'm only kind of half kidding. That is what's wrong with me, I suppose. But I hope you've been enjoying, you've been enjoying this season as much as I have. And maybe you want more. You always want more. Well, you're just like me. I guess that's what's wrong with us. <laughs>